Hey, Tom, that was a bit frustrating, wasn't it? Yes, definitely, definitely the right word. Really frustrating. Yeah, it was odd performance from United. So, I mean, it, it was more open in the first half, I thought, when Newcastle actually tried to attack or United mm-hmm. let them through being sloppy. And then the second half, it was just all possession, but not enough coming from it, really. All, all a bit Van Harbour, wasn't it? Yeah, it did feel that way. Like, like you say, Newcastle just came to disrupt us, especially in the first half. They were able to do that quite easily because, yeah, we were sloppy and we were taking too long on the ball. Like the, the time we were taking between the first touch and the second touch was just too laxidaisical, especially Fred and Casemiro, I thought, in the first half. Just yeah, getting, getting caught on the ball too quickly. And Newcastle were bitey throughout and they have been throughout the whole season and it was always going to be a difficult game because they do play with a lot of intensity and fire under yeah. and early how and they've got some really good players it was always going to be difficult but yeah we I think we just allowed them to to get on top of us at least at times not on top of us in, a, in an attacking sense but as in their players to just get on top of us and and get on right win tackles no I think that's right and and physical. and it worked didn't it in the first half they they were able to you know, kind of ruin United's rhythm mm. and it almost got caught out playing out from the back again. Yeah. They're very, very determined to do this, United. They're going to keep possession and and that's what Ten Hag wants to build. And you can, you can see, you can see what kind of team he wants. It's just sometimes missing a cutting edge. I mean, mm. I, I, I feel like we've talked about Sancho and, and, and Anthony quite a lot on the pod, <laughs> but it's hard not to look at them again. And go, ah, I mean, Anthony had a few nice moments in the second half when he took on Dan Byrne. Yeah. Didn't he? And yeah, after Byrne was booked and he's not the quickest anyway, and not Mm. the most nimble, being nine foot 12 or whatever he is. (laughs) (laughs) But just, he plays, Anthony plays with back to goal a lot. He just feels like he's going backwards. And he's more talented than that. And I don't know whether it's a confidence thing. And then Sancho just, he's just not getting the ball enough. Mm. He's he's not finding the right spaces. He just doesn't seem to get involved, and it just led to United having like sixty odd percent possession and just barely a shot on target, two shots on target today. And and I thought a lot of it was just that not attacking enough through the wings, and it was all going quite central and quite easy for Newcastle to to defend it as a result. Mm. Yeah, because Anthony, I thought Anthony was good today. That trickiness, and I'll I'll qualify good in a second, but. That trickiness that he he has got himself behind Burn a lot, and like you say, Burn is slow. It's probably the slowest left back in the league, arguably. So it, you would hope that he would get in behind him a, a few times, but it's that end product that a few times just let him down. Like there was one in particular towards the end. I can't remember who was the player in the box, but he tried to play it with the outside of his left foot. Right, and it's like just surely just use your right there, like, and I know but it's a swinger, isn't it? Though, yeah, exactly. Right. And it just gets blocked like immediately, and it's like there's a few times he just he gets into great positions, Anthony. But and this is what I kind of fear about him: like he's got trickiness, he can beat a man sometimes. He, he hasn't got the explosive pace, but it's when he gets into that final third, and I know he scored goals in his first three games for us, but that. When he's crossing, he's shooting, whether or, or even sometimes just passing, it's very hit and miss. And yeah. there's some like there's one ball in the first half where it was quite an easy cross to Ronaldo at the back post, and he had loads of time. And he just overhit him, 
And I know yeah. he didn't hit, overhit him by much, and I think he even showed like, oh yeah, I, I almost got that. But that's not a difficult pass for a hundred million pound player. And I don't want to be that person who does say he's a hundred million pound player, but he was <laughs> worth, he was worth a lot of money, and he's supposed to be top tier yeah. quality. And you'd expect him to make that cross. And and then yeah, there's just a few times where he, he's just being let down at the crucial moment by a lack of technical quality. A lot, yeah. Of time. It, it does feel like that. I mean, he's got a lot. He's got a lot about him, and there's a lot of potential. But yeah, that final, that final ball, the final pass, you know, just aimless floating in crosses when he comes mm. back in on his left foot, and, and he can't use his right, so he tries to outside of the foot hit a lot and doesn't get mm. that right. And yeah, it is, it is missing. I, I guess the hundred million pound thing will be a stick to beat him with, and it's not his fault that United are just so bad in the market yeah. that they paid twice what he was worth or something mm-hmm. so yeah he, he's just he's not the finished product and and we'll see whether he ever becomes the finished product yeah so that that was a bit frustrating and and through the middle I thought definitely missed Ericsson mm-hmm. just the inventiveness his ability to find players in space Casemiro and and Fred are not that they they bring something else and, and Casemiro like he's he likes to get stuck in. This was his kind of game, wasn't it? You know, mm. two footed someone in the second half, didn't he? Yeah. So, but yeah, just that that ability to to find the right player in the final third, which Ericsson has brought this season, was kind of missing. Mm. So, and I think you see that in the numbers: lots and lots of ball, not really dangerous enough. Yeah, and we've spoken about it before, haven't we? This Ericsson has become in three or four months so pivotal to this side. Because there is no one else like him. There's no other player. I mean, a few years ago, we would have wouldn't have called Ericsson a controller, but right now he's by far the best one we've got. And we've spoken about how we've got no replacement for him. And Fred comes in today. Fred is good in he has qualities to him, but being a controller is not one of them. And he's no. just he's just way too sloppy on the ball. And you also think to that great chance that Fred missed towards the end. If that yeah. falls to Ericsson, there's no way he's not hitting the target. In yeah. A lot of players. Well, he didn't wouldn't... go with his right foot, did he? Because oh, it's a swinger. Yeah, he's exactly. just trying to let him go, go across his body and it's it's too late by then, yeah. Yeah, and, and I thought Casemiro was really, really good today. Like, not perfect. Like I say, in the first half, especially dawdled on the ball a bit and he, he still doesn't look 100% sharp, but... He, yeah, he brings so much to the game. I love his physicality and that ball to to Rashford in the last minute is just pure quality. And yeah, that's not yeah. even the reason why we bought him that kind of thing. But obviously, it's a it's a string to his bow. Which yeah, and he's got that's loads. right. I, I mean, yeah, he's a good player. He's clearly a good player, isn't he? He's mm-hmm. clearly. I mean, again, a lot of money for a, a player of his age, but it's yeah. he, he's a good addition. And and yeah, he is definitely taking a bit of time to get used to the pace of the game he gets caught on the ball mm-hmm. uh, and rushes some of them and so therefore looks sloppy with his passing uh, I kind of feel he's getting there step yeah. by step and and the physical piece is great I mean United definitely needs someone who'll compete definitely mm-hmm. and and he, he's got that kind of presence so I guess because I guess, we should talk about a few of the incidents especially second half there are a few mm-hmm. interesting ones weren't there Ronaldo pinching the ball off the keeper and putting it in the net I mean, it looked like they'd taken the free kick, I have to say. Yeah. And uh, can you get booked for that? Like, did he get booked for the protestation? I don't know what he got. He get... I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's, the ref did have his arm in the air. So, strictly speaking, I think it's correct. But 
No, it looked no. like they'd taken the free kick. <laughs> I thought I thought he put his arm in the air before the kick was before Trippier played the pass. Right. And then put it down or kept it up though. He did so. keep it up, but but with that, you you keep the with an offside, you keep it up until the ball's been touched because it's indicating it's an indirect free kick. So if the yeah. if the goalkeeper kicks the ball straight into the into the opposite net, then he keeps the ball he keeps his hand up until someone else has touched it because then the game right. would be brought back because it's an indirect free kick and you can't score right, from right, it. Right, right, right. So I, I don't I don't know. I think it's a it's a tough one to argue to, to the case for for Ronaldo have actually legit should legitimately have scored but I don't understand why he's given a free kick because right I mean in in well Trippi has kicked the ball to like it would be yeah I mean I guess the ref saying he hasn't taken the free kick Trippi is playing it back to the keeper for the keeper to take the free kick and boot it up the field so um, I think that's harsh harsh booking Nani a few years ago did something similar didn't he yeah exactly what I was thinking and then yeah that that was just a beautiful moment but I think that was a little bit different one because I think Aurelio Gomez thought it was a free kick when he yeah. rolled it out and then Nani was just like no kick it in yeah that was beautiful and and then there's the trip on Sancho that went to VAR and they decided that wasn't a penalty I mean I don't know it looks, looks like a foul to me <laughs> so, 100% I, I thought that was a stone waller I yeah but but the the rule seems to have changed this season. Also, the rule seems to be completely different inside the box and outside the box. The amount of soft right. free kicks that happen outside the box, and then almost as soon as he gets inside the box, it has to be, I don't know, you have to have been two footed or kicked in the knee or something for it to be given a penalty. I thought, I thought that was a blatant foul. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how they would justify it not being foul. What because the the fall was a bit exaggerated. Yeah, or he didn't so. kick him hard enough or something. But Sancho's <laughs> yeah, running at that it, pace like almost off balance a little bit because of the way he's turning inside on his right foot. Like that's going to kick anyone over. And these footballers, people like say, oh yeah, he might've gone down easy. But yeah, you need to understand that, that what they're doing in that moment and these footballers are not being made. They're not like rugby players. They're not being made to like be, take this in, immense force, are they? They're right. They're, yeah, they're very slight and plus, people. Plus, if he doesn't go down, I mean, I think he couldn't have stayed up, but if he doesn't go down, he's not getting a penalty. So, no, like, no. what are you going to do? Exactly. It, it was a very odd one. A very odd one. And Paulson was, like, annoying for most of the game, to be honest. And then there was the one before that, the Ronaldo one, where, right. Tri- where Trippier took his left, right leg. Took, as he took was his leg out, yeah, standing. yeah. I thought that was a Stonewall penalty as well. I mean, the only... The only excuse i guess you can like excuse that's not the right word is it the only the only reason perhaps var didn't give that one is that it's not under control when Trippier's is taking him out he's mm. already got the shot on but he takes both legs out afterwards <laughs> so, yeah I, I i feel like he was almost like ronaldo is about to plant his right foot or or maybe had just planted his right foot and Trippier takes that plant and then it as a result, like his left foot goes wild because yeah. of his right foot being taken out. But and they took, I thought with like both decisions, they looked at it for like ten seconds each. It's yeah, like, I know. There's there's a very high bar, isn't there? I mean, it's an unwritten rule of football. Once the the striker has taken the shot, you can do whatever you want. To yeah, exactly. A, yeah, yeah. yeah literally, it. it's like that Van Dijk. Snap both his legs. Yeah, yeah where no problem. Pickford yeah. broke broke his or did his crucial ligament or whatever. But yeah, the, the shot had already been taken, mate. Always offside, so. 
Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so it's, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pulls out the shotgun, blows his legs off. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's fine. It's fair, ref. Fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some frustrating moments. And then obviously we talked about the Fred miss at the end and then Marcus Rashford's header mm. with, what, seconds to go. Come on, Marcus. Got to put that away. I know. And I just think ten. he saw Ten Hag on the TV, like, turn around and look towards his bench. I was just wondering, like, if he's, is he looking at Ronaldo right now? Because obviously <laughs> Rashford came on for Ronaldo and you think that is kind of like the perfect thing for Ronaldo to, to just bullet into the back of the net. But... Rashford, yeah, he just should be he should be scoring. And it kind of almost came off like the side of his head. Yeah. He just didn't properly connect with it. But yeah. I mean, Rashford came on to to be able to create some space. Newcastle, to be fair to them, do try to play a high line. Mm-hmm. Didn't couldn't always, because obviously they're under pressure today, the second half especially. But Rashford Rashford's come on to stretch it a bit. And he did. And you he know, did, he, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, a chance he created for, for Fred, through ball, and then a good cutback. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Fred swinger. Tu- yeah, perfect touch round the Pope. Pope, yeah. yeah. like the the perfect placement to where he could put it. I mean, it's interesting. I think a more confident player probably takes that shot on. I, I think it was open yeah. for him. But then you can't complain about him not taking the shot on when he plays a perfect pass to Fred because it was a perfect pass. I, I just... They didn't show enough replays on the TV to, to work out how Fred actually missed that. Because I, initially, I thought that the defender would had like touched it onto Fred, but it doesn't look like he did. I think no. Fred's just completely no, missed the ball. He's under a bit of pressure, and yeah, he, yeah. he he basically lets the ball come across his body and and tries to go with his left when he should clearly go with his right. Mm. Just you know, it's it's just simple. It's a simple it, tap in. It really. is a simple tap in. Yeah. Yeah, so all all round frustrating uh, in the battle for sixth place or whatever you might be going <laughs> for this season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it's 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 pretty repulsive that Newcastle are 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 around wearing the Saudi Arabia t- kit today as well. Yeah, wearing wearing the Saudi FC kit. Mm. I mean, it's pretty blatant, isn't it? And given given the regime and all of that, and and just <laughs> we had Dan Ash. Ashworth, the sporting director, came from Brighton. Yeah, give an interview this week in which he's just totally tone deaf about any of the any of the ownership and like it's and it's been like that from everyone at the club, mm-hmm. right? Just just completely ignoring it, like yeah. they didn't execute eighty-one people with, with a sword, mm-hmm. which is the method earlier this year, and don't chop up journalists. And that and that's the shocking one as well that not a single journalist will talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like one of their own being dismembered because he wrote some critical stuff about the regime, and it's just not mentioned. It's yeah, and yeah, sport washing, business, soft power, whatever it is, it works. Yeah, hundred percent. And so Newcastle are rising up the table. They've got a good manager who's done youngish manager who's who's trying to go places, and he organised them very well today. And they've got money, and they, they'll spend it, and they they're going that way up the table and it's very unfortunate for football yeah and you just wonder how long it's going to take I mean how many years did it take City and even compared to the City's riches like Saudi Arabia is is completely yeah. next level it's unlimited money how much they want to yeah. throw at it it's, it's just how much inclination they will have I think there was a few kind of murmurings this summer are they are they really going to put all that 
put their all into it, but they don't need to put all their all into it. They don't need to put anywhere near their all into it. They can, <laughs> they can just do this slowly and, and surely, and they will be dominant in, in a few years' time. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. You, yeah, you, money, money, money always counts in football. And exactly. the only thing that's slowing them down, I imagine, is is trying to comply with the uh, yeah the Premier League's, what's it called, profit and sustainability mm-hmm. rules, which allow them to spend something like 35 million. Or actually, that's FFP, old FFP, isn't it? I can't remember. It's, it's a few tens of millions above above budget. Uh, can be put in as uh, equity, a- and yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much they do on the cheating front with the contracts. That's yeah, exactly. The Premier League clubs voted in this thing where it has to go to a committee that says is that market rate. That may slow things down a little bit in terms of what they'll spend. Uh, maybe they're only buying the thirty to forty million pound players for now. That's it, is there? Sixty to seventy million pound players, or whatever it'll be. But yeah, the inevitability of Newcastle competing for. For uh, trophies and and European places, just seems yeah seems seems inevitable. Inevitable. There you go. Tripping over my words today, but it really does. Like Klopp said it the other day, like quite overtly. It was it was interesting what he said. Actually, like you don't really see managers come out and say that we can't compete with with a rival like that, especially after years and years of competing against them. And I know Klopp's in a bit of a funk at the moment, but. It, he was he was completely truthful in saying that we can't compete with City and there's only three teams and obviously he meant PSG and 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 Newcastle in that and yeah he he can see it from a mile away and I think we all can like right now it, City and Newcastle are just a, a midish table team who are on the rise but it's it's really not going to be long until they are unfortunately backed by this horrendous regime one of the top dogs and probably the team who are just going to be competing with City in the league because, I mean, United yeah. are not going to be like that even if we get taken over by some hedge, American hedge fund, which everyone else is, or we keep the Glazers. We're not going to be we're not going to be able to compete with them. Well, yeah. I mean, United did spend a lot of money this summer. There, There is still still pretty wealthy as a club I mean going backwards in terms of the rankings because of failure on the pitch and and mismanagement of which I'm not sure it'll change I mean that's the problem we'll as see. well yep yep and and obviously city city's got city money and and a conveniently large amount of commercial partners from the UAE can be very convenient and <laughs> Liverpool can compete to an extent financially they spent 100 million on mm-hmm. Darwin Nunes this summer right they yeah they and, and their model has always been to try and find value in the market that was atypical of them and then Chelsea well they spent a lot of money because they kind of had to spend a lot of money their players leaving and and the the new owners wanted to to make their mark Todd Bowley running around Europe pretending to be a sporting director loving it mm-hmm. By all accounts, so I don't know. It's 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 a tough environment for United right now, and Ten Hag is trying to build a team. United do need they need Champions League football to to start moving forward financially mm-hmm. and as a club, and uh, and it's not guaranteed this season. I mean, it already looks like with Arsenal doing so well and and City being City and Spurs very competitive, already looks like there's really only one place. Mm. available in the Champions League and be between United and Chelsea if United can get enough wins mm. which they couldn't today yeah and I think I think today was largely 
encouraging though. Like Newcastle are a good team, and I think I think there was a part of me today that was a little bit fearful that they might come and turn us over because I haven't been. I know we've had some good wins beating Arsenal and Liverpool's are really really good wins, but I still haven't been totally convinced with certain players and and Ten Hag himself. But I still I thought for us to go and dominate that game as as we did. I know Joel Linton hit the post and bar in that one move, but they didn't have much apart from that. And I don't think, don't think Newcastle actually came to try and win the game either. But we should have won that game, despite us not creating too much. Fred obviously misses an open goal. Rashford misses a very easy header. I think we should have had two penalties. Yeah. There was a lot of encouraging moments, despite how frustrating it was and how, yeah, for long periods of the game, we had a lot of possession. We didn't look yeah. like we were going to score. But it, it, it like the building blocks are there and despite uh, taking into account how bad we were towards the end of last season, how bad we were in the first two games, we are progressing, which is, is good to see and it's going to take time, obviously. But yeah, I thought, yeah, to, 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 to shine a little bit of a positive light after that talk about Newcastle and us maybe not being able to compete with them, I thought that today was actually quite encouraging despite obviously not getting the win, which would have, yeah, galvanise confidence even more yeah I mean look United I, I see where Ten Hag's going mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to say I, I kind of you know what he's trying to build here and it's getting the right combinations I mean with Casemiro there United is going to be competitive in midfield with Ericsson back United will have not just control but the ability to find angles and spaces and and if Anthony Martial gets fit again a bit more dynamic up front Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was to see with him. He obviously can't stay fit, yeah. which is a major problem. So, and so there are options. So, I'm, I'm longer term. It's it's hard to be super confident just because of how the Glazers run the club, and it's like mm-hmm. I'd, the path towards like competing at the for the title and competing for the Champions League seems very long. Yeah. that path. But you know, right now. It's a competitive team. We know where we're going. Got talented players. If he can harness them and keep them fit, there's a there's a chance that United make the Champions League this season or go deep into the into the Europa League. Europa League. I was going to call it UEFA League. <laughs> the Europa League. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you're right. Some positive signs didn't quite work out today. Details, details. But and and the personality is there as well, which was questioned very rightly last season like this team are, are complete like fruit loops like there's there's nothing nothing that we can even take from a like a personality perspective they were moaning at each other it felt like there were so many egos just yeah loitering for their for their paycheck whereas now there does seem to be a togetherness like I, I love the addition of Martinez. Obviously, I think he brings so much on the ball, but so much in personality. Delot is yeah. a great personality on the pitch. Like despite his, actually, I was going to say despite his limitations, but actually, I think he's been pretty good recently. We 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 yeah. do know his limitations, but his personality is <laughs> is massive. Varane looks like a different player this season. I, I love Casemiro's presence, and he's got that obviously winning mentality, winning five Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. Anthony, yeah, he's. Is 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 an interesting one, but he has a very fierce, fearsome personality and a winning mentality. So those additions are, are really good. Ericsson's got a great temperament as well. 
So I think the personality is, is also obviously hugely important in football, but it's it's going in the right direction, especially after after the horrendousness of... Yeah, I mean, well, look, we haven't challenged for the title at all since Ferguson left. I mean, the second place under Mourinho and second place under Oli, always, always well behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, yeah. Right, right now, it's it's looking to try and build something for the top four. I don't know how many players it is away from really competing. I mean, you look at the players on the pitch, and you you'd think there's a lot of talent mm. there, yeah, and and some depth now after bringing what five players in over the summer. So it's it's going it's going in the right way. It would be nice to have a reliable goal scorer, yeah. one that's not 97 years old <laughs> of the Ranić reign. So I think that is also a good positive to take. And if if we can tactically get better, like you say, there are clear signs that it's turning into a little bit of a Ten Hag system, then you never know what could happen this this season. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we're trying to go for a top four. And then, yeah, but like you say, there's obviously the the fear in the back of the head. This this is a Glazer club. We've seen what's happened before. Like We may finish in the top four uh, this season. And then, yeah where do we go from that? Are we just the top four club now? Because, yeah, challenging is a different matter. Challenging for a title, that is. And maybe that's the next big purchase. Mm. I'd be surprised if they do the business in January. It's much more likely next summer, but maybe that's it. I, I don't know who that is. No. Though. Exactly. So, you know, Martial, Martial's not reliable because he's not fit. Ronaldo's not reliable because he's ancient and looking at it and, and Rashford just doesn't score quite enough, no. really. And and so, yeah, I mean, obviously the money, I imagine, will be there to go spend big because, I mean, United's FFP position, I, I haven't actually calculated it, but it must be close to the limit mm. given how much they've spent in recent years. But, you know, they, they, they have spent money. It's not always very smart, but, you know, that just means that they can go out and buy that forward probably next summer, which will be the, the player will take United forward again. Yeah, we hope, unless it all collapses under Ten Hag, but I don't think it will. I think there's a bit of steel about it. Yeah, about him, and then I think that's probably a reason why the, the the personality has changed because of him. But like you say, the striker thing is so is so important. Like today, if we had a proper striker, not saying that we're not well, yeah, a, a, a proper striker who's not ancient, then I think we win that game today two 0 Maybe maybe he didn't have Ronaldo didn't have the best of chances, but the, you think that that one where where he, I think he did get fouled by Trippier, I think a sharper striker would have got a shot on target there. I think there were a couple of other moments where where I, there was one in the first half, really really near the start of the game, where Sancho played it left to, to Ronaldo and it kind of just ran away from him. Maybe it was overhit pass by Sancho, but I think Ronaldo's lethargy and, and lack of pace now just made that pass look so yeah. much worse than it actually was. And I think you're right. There's, and yeah. and, and yeah. obviously towards the end, that striker would be on the pitch instead of Rashford to potentially head that one to goal. Or Yeah, I think a number nine completely changes the dynamic in this team. And I think it's what we spoke about last season when we were thinking about how does Ronaldo fit into this Ten Hag system? Who is the striker who's not going to play if Ronaldo does end up leaving, which he looked like he was. And there was... There was nothing. And that's why we went for Marco yeah. Anatovic. <laughs> <laughs> Who also uh, is, is the top scorer in Serie A at the moment. Is he? Wow. He was definitely top last wow. weekend. I don't know if he's been overtaken this weekend. But yeah, maybe we should have got him in. 
though he is a bad yeah. racist, so maybe not. That is, this a it's a problem. Although United don't seem to have a problem with yeah, we're not, difficult. We're not the people, despite, yeah. Despite our owners not being a, a state, we're not exactly the moralists, are we? In this situation, no. Well, I guess we probably ought to talk about Mason Greenwood. Good segue. Uh, I want to talk about him. Yeah. Yeah, lovely, lovely topic. Go from murderous state-owned clubs to alleged uh, racist, no, not racist, sorry, uh, sexual abusers. Mm. I mean, he's finally been charged by the CPS. So, you know, this is, he's going to have a hearing on Monday. That will be a plea hearing, I assume. And and, uh, I guess we're going to see a trial at some point. And that could be quite a long time in the future. Mm. It's, It's a pretty horrible, dark situation, isn't it? Yeah, and it's going to get really toxic. Like I think over the last few months, well, when it when this news first broke, it was kind of unanimous support for the, for the woman involved. But as the months have progressed, it's felt, especially on Twitter, like more people are vocally backing Greenwood. Maybe I don't think that's I don't know if that's fan people who actually go to games, or it's just the internet fans, or fans from a wherever whoever it is like there is a there is some support from out there and I feel like that when that trial happens and you know what trials are like especially between a man and a woman you saw it with the Johnny Depp case and you're probably going to see it soon with like what's happening with between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie it gets very very toxic you get people who are picking sides like it's a football game and you will when we start to hear the mason side of the story and we start to hear the pr it's just going to get horrible and you saw it with the chet evans case like, i'm not i'm not saying that greenwood is guilty but you, you get people who jump to conclusions at the first sign of any kind of innocence from either party and it's going to get it's, it's it's horrible it's just horrible it's going to get played out in public like this yeah and yeah, it is. And, and it's going to take a very, very long time. Mm. I imagine there's, we're not going to see a trial. I mean, what did it take with Ryan Giggs? It took like nine months or something, mm-hmm. didn't it? From from charging to to a case. And then he's going to probably get tried again. Yeah. Giggs. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, what yeah. It, I think uh, it is, yeah. yeah. So hung jury. So, yeah. So we're not going to see Mason for a long time. I mean, there's plenty of people, plenty of supporters who would, like to never see him back at the club as well as the the kind of internet mm-hmm. people who are like yeah we just need mason back i mean there are a weird number of accounts that have like greenwood and as their avatar yeah and you see like with like tens of thousands of likes on it and stuff it's like who are these people Well, there is actual football, apart from watching what's happening with Mason Greenwood. United playing Spurs at Old Trafford on Wednesday and then Chelsea on the Sunday afterwards and then Sheriff in the Europa League after that. So some interesting games coming out. Spurs Spurs, pretty good at the moment. Yeah, pretty good. But I think yesterday they against Everton and Everton had a couple of really good chances to make it 1-0 in, in the first half. Anana like pretty much one-on-one. I was going to say Dorian Gray. And I can't even remember his first name now. <laughs> Gray, Damari Gray, when he had a, a really good chance to to make it 1-0 as well with pretty much the same chance as Anana really just blazing it over, both blazing it over. Yeah. But th- this this just steal to Tottenham a little bit like United are kind of finding yeah. on under Ten Hag and that's 
typical Conte, isn't it? And they've got so much class up in the in the in the front line, especially with Son coming back into a little bit of form now. Harry Kane, obviously, yeah, as always. Yeah. They're an interesting team. They don't. They're nowhere near the finished article at, at this moment in time, but they are, I think, progressing, and they're they're. They're a completely different outfit to what we've seen from Tottenham for so many years since, I guess, Pete Pochettino. Uh, they've gone through this. At- yeah, they play a completely different style yeah. to the Pochettino team. I mean, they they kind of, I mean, I guess, Bentecourt and, and Hoiberg mm. in the centre of midfield. That's, that's pretty, I don't know, it's not very exciting, no. is it, <laughs> those two? But they do they do a job, don't they? And then he'll play through at the back, presumably, because that's what they've been doing. And then Richarlison... Son and Kane mm. up front, you know, which is pretty dynamic. I mean, Son obviously is like hadn't scored for a long time and or just didn't seem like he was in form this season, but he he has scored a few recently. Mm. Uh, it looks like he's coming into form at just the wrong time for, for United. Decent win over Everton. I thought they were pretty good against Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, they did look good in that you know, game. Nearly blew it, mm. didn't they? I know Arsenal beat them in the, the derby like a week week 10 mm. days ago, whenever it was, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I'm not sure that they actually deserve to get it was three one and looked looked like uh, like an easy victory in the end for Arsenal, but it wasn't. It was pretty competitive for a while. Yeah, so. it was. It was kind of they created a lot of openings and then kind of messed up their last pass a lot of the time. So I think probably maybe on XG it wasn't it wasn't even as close as actually top it should have been. It was kind of one of those where they blew the blew the shot before it even happened. But yeah, they they do yeah. look good. It's just, it's the mentality that's that's changed so much. Like like I say, like the past two or three years they had pretty much the same team they've, they've made some good additions Benzikos great great addition Kulisevsky but he's, he's injured at the moment anyway but it's that yeah the mentality is 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 like all, it feels like they're almost like elite even though they're not quite which is it hasn't been the way with Tottenham but Conte just makes you think like that like and, and that's what yeah. we thought last season when as soon as Conte took over it was like who were United going to be battling the top four for, and you just think, yeah, Tottenham is surely going to be there just because Conte is very good at what he does. And no, they don't play the best football, like you say. They're quite, yeah, especially in midfield, they're quite rigid and not particularly expansive, though their front three are dynamic. They, yeah, they have a, a mentality. Just thinks, yeah, we're probably where well, we can win this game, and that's that's going to be a problem on on Thursday. They might not. They're probably just going to sit deep and try and counter-attack us but they are going to be very dangerous as we've seen in recent years like mm-hmm. Kane and Son have ripped us apart they beat us 6-1 didn't they yeah yeah I, I think I think we know exactly how they're going to play I mean it'd be, be interesting I mean just see, watching the evolution of Ten Hag's side at the same time and and the kind of possession dominance that he wants to build is, is that the pattern uh, United possession Spurs trying to break I mean it feels like it might well mm. be and and it's pretty dangerous. And but but I think United now have the kind of with with uh, Maguire either injured or on the bench, and and Varane back in the side now have a have a kind of sense of calmness yeah. at the back. The chaos isn't there, and which is which is good. The da- the dangerous part is Son coming off the left and and Dallo losing mm-hmm. his marker. I'm sure I'm sure that yeah, channels are channels are dangerous. And obviously any any chance Kane gets, he's takes it early and and takes it very accurately. Mm-hmm. That's always he's not quick, but um, he's got one of the best conversion rates in the league because uh, he's a top yeah. player. So you can kind of spot the pattern and, and spot where the dangers are for United. And I mean, it'd be nice to see, it'd be interesting to see who's in the team mm. 
for United. I mean, Ericsson has a cold. Is he going to be back? Rashford didn't start today because he 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 had been feeling ill too. So we might see Rashford back in the team as the start, whether at number nine or off the left. Not sure. Mm-hmm. But I imagine they want a bit of pace. Ten Hag will want a bit of pace. And if Ericsson's fit, he comes back into yeah. the team. I'm sure for Fred. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how, like against City, obviously we were battered beyond sight, but when we turned the ball over, City were just in on our defence straight away. And it was a problem, I think, in, well, in the first two games especially, but it has been a problem under Ten Hag when, when we do have a lot of possession we, or we do have moments in, in the other team's half, we, we look really de- exposed when we turn the ball over and Tottenham are, are the type of team that will yeah, really take us apart if 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 we are like this at the weekend so it's going to be interesting to see how we've on on Wednesday sorry it's going to be interesting to see how we've learned from that City game and how we've learned throughout the season because today there wasn't really any any occasion where we did look complete well we didn't look I didn't think we looked vulnerable throughout the whole game I think the Joel Linton header came from a from a free kick there was a few set pieces where we looked a little bit vulnerable but in open play we didn't whereas against Tottenham yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we do look vulnerable to the counter, which, like I say, at times we have. All right. Well, big games coming up, so it just doesn't stop, mm. does it? I don't. I think. I don't think there's a free midweek until after the World Cup, and there probably won't be a free midweek after the World Cup if United don't top the Europa League group yeah. because there'll be those two extra games. It's looking. That's looking likely. I mean, yeah. You actually could go to Real Sociedad and win. So, and I, I think that would help a lot with the schedule, not having two extra games in mm-hmm. February. So, so what what have we got? We got uh, we've got. I'm trying to think how many games left in. I think we've got four games left in October. Is it play nine in total in October, which is the busiest October we've ever had mm-hmm. as a club. Pretty pretty mental schedule, and and we'll see when Ten Hag wants to freshen things up. But he's he's got the squad to do yep. it now. Yeah. All right. Guess that's it. Backers, we'll have a chat about the Premier League. We're recording this as City are playing Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think we'll have any commentary on that <laughs> one. But, you know, the rest of the Premier League, <laughs> everyone else will see you in midweek. Thanks. <laughs>